Since nobody's counting, I'm going to take the Vegas Raiders plus 11 and a half and the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 18 and a half. And that is it gotcha. for the West Coast. <laughs> he wants to I'm play editing that. I'm, editing I play? Oh, I'm cutting that out. Don't play? You, uh, I'm cutting that out. That Don't you worry. He threw I'm a sorry, temper guys. tantrum about it in our thread, and now he wants to give out a teaser where <laughs> he bets ball back. The, fattest under, or the fattest underdogs to be even fatter underdogs. <laughs> On black bass stats in the pocket hole, squad pass cash. Send the bookie, tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookston, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and the only gambling show that makes you money. And today, we're making money on Super Wild Card Weekend. Boys, I forgot that they called it Super Wild Card Weekend with the addition of three games on Sunday, two on Saturday, one on Monday. A lot of football to be had, a lot of bets to be made. We're no longer playing King of the Coast because I refuse to play that anymore after Drew kicked my ass in the regular season. We have a whole new game to play for the playoff weeks up ahead. A money line challenge coming at the end, a crazy teaser challenge coming. There's bets all around, but first, before we get there, oh, and of course, a continual update of the Playoff Fantasy Invitational with Ryan Hurd, Craig Hoffman, and Chris Dell, which we had a lot of fun drafting. That podcast is out there if you want to listen to the draft. A lot of a lot of dumb moves were made. A lot of dumb moves were made, most of which by this team right here. We put our heads together and tried to draft a team together, and boys, I don't think we should ever do that ever again. How do you feel a few days removed from this draft that we had? You know, I, I got to admit, I'm a little embarrassed that I took a cowboy when we no one else could take a cowboy you kind of you 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 made your intentions known with my decision uh live there tony but honestly i just was looking at the teams and i was like i don't want to take cameron bray so dangles thank you for falling on the sword for me (laughs) by the way i do think it was the right pick the proper pick no and uh i i was just embarrassed i don't want to take cameron bray no, Cameron Bright was the wrong pick, and Dangles, it's not your fault for taking it because we all said we needed to take a Buccaneer. Listen, what we didn't realize is we lost out on all the Buccaneers. We didn't know Lenny Fournette was going to be back, and we were out of running backs. We lost out on the Buccaneers. Didn't get Brady, didn't get Gronk, didn't get Mike Evans. So if the Buccaneers advance, we're still losing money with Cameron Bright. There's no chance he outproduces those other Buccaneers. Once we realized we had lost out on the Bucks, the strategy of the tournament is we're now rooting against the Bucks. We're taking no Bucks. We're hoping the Bucks lose early because that's the only way we can win in this situation. Same thing with taking Julio fucking Jones of the Tennessee Titans. I told you to take Hunter Renfro, and you chastised me. You said the Raiders aren't going to win a football game, and they may very no, well not. not. They no, may very not. well not, but Hunter Renfro, especially if Darren Waller continues to not be a factor, which really can't happen, but you know, if, if he's not producing, Renfro is the best thing they got out on that field. He could do the most damage. It was tough. It was a tough situation. We'll see how it works out for us. We'll be keeping track of that all season long. But before we get to the playoff bets, before we put some money down on how it's going to happen, Black Monday has occurred, and it, 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 it leaped in or leaked into Black Tuesday as well. Six coach openings, six coaching vacancies in the NFL. There's three in the AFC and three in the NFC. Boys, it's time to put 
You have free agency coaching hats on, which again, you are free agents. I know many GMs listen to this podcast. We are open for interviews if they want to have us in there. We think we could bring some thoughts and some future, some culture building to organizations out there. So, Drew, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to give you the three AFC coaching vacancies, and you're going to give us a good old marry, fuck, kill of where you would want to take the next few years under the helm. Those coaching vacancies are, of course, Brian Flores somehow fired from the Miami Dolphins, so Tua Tagliavoa is all yours. The Jacksonville Jaguars cleaning up Urban Meyer's mess, but you have Trevor Lawrence there who looked great in Week 18. And then finally, your favorite, the Denver Broncos, who... Had one of the best defenses in the league, but clearly quarterback is a problem there, and it wasn't enough for Vic Fangio to keep his job. Miami, Jacksonville, Denver. Mary fuck kill those vacancies. I'm going to go reverse because I don't think I've ever done a little reverse. I'm going to start out with a straight murder, a, a homicide, a kill. And uh, how could I not kill the Miami Dolphins? Because what do you have to do to get to keep a job there? I mean, yeah, right? listen, like, listen, it, it, it's been it's been talked about the last couple of days. Oh, Flores, Flores. Now... If you read between the tea leaves, some sources on the old Twitter space seems like Mr. Flores maybe didn't get along with the brass there. Maybe didn't get along with Tua. Um, in fact, it, it's reported that Stephen Ross wanted Tua very badly. Flores wanted Herbert. There has to be some built-up animosity there after two years. Well, um, guess who was but, right? I was going to say. Yeah, and, exactly. And how, so how exactly. is that Brian Flores' fault that he wanted the it right is not. guy? You know what I mean? Like, And he gets but, the ax here. He was one game under 500 in his career in Miami. But is Brian Flores right the checks? He does not. No, no. And that's, and, and, I know and, how it And works. that's a lesson Just in life. It. No, I, I, I know how you know how NFL coaches get paid. Just, thank you <laughs> for clarifying. But I, I think that's just a – that is a very bold – uh, move. Um, obviously, Flores will be courted, you know, on the market. He's got to be probably one of the best coaches available for these vacancies. But more so than that, I mean, Tua is just such a question mark at this point. He really is. And 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 the guy that comes in there is really going to have to make a decision, I think, immediately. Is Tua the guy? I don't think he is. You kind of got the shadow of Deshaun Watson wanting to go there. You got the potential PR hassle. I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen with him? So I think this is easy. Plus, let, let's let's obviously uh, talk about their division. Uh, the Bills kind of looking primed for a division run, and the Patriots aren't going anywhere. So that's an easy kill for me, the Miami Dolphins. Um, you guys are going to laugh, but uh, who am I effing? Who am I... Uh, who am I giving the little uh, 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 rock the boat uh, love handshake to? Um, All in the head. I'm going to go the the Denver Broncos. And I am going to say, because of that defense, uh, what was that stat? After the Super Bowl, they've had six losing seasons, no playoff appearances. But they have the pieces there. And Tony said, you know, Vangio's downfall was not firing Shermer. I was completely wrong on that team preseason. I thought they would get stuff going. Their offense is so anemic, but you look at the pieces on this offense. They have pieces. They have Cortland Sutton. They have Tim Patrick. They have Jerry Judy. They have Noah Fant. Um, they, 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 they got a decent stable of running backs and decent offensive lines. So it doesn't make a lot of sense uh, why they couldn't produce. But again, if you look at that division, you got Kansas City Chiefs. You got the Los Angeles Chargers, not the most ideal competition. So that's why they're my F. So that leaves me with who am I marrying? Who's left? And guys, once upon a time before Urban Meyer took this Jaguar shop, this job was probably one of the best jobs to come on the market in two decades. You have an owner 
that you literally had to do Urban Meyer things to get fired within 14 games. This guy is loyal, okay? He is loyal. Unless you're just an absolute travesty, dumpster fire, high-character person like Urban Meyer, you don't get you don't get fired in 14 games. Hmm. But let's talk about it. Trevor Lawrence, you know, I was, I was listening to Simmons' podcast. I mean, I think you really have to take this year you, you, you take the game tape of Trevor Lawrence and you throw it in the Atlantic Ocean. You have to. I mean, there's, uh, there's no way that you can look that good in college and, and have the year he had. I mean, he was bad. But in week 18, he looked better, let alone you get, you get the number one pick, obviously. You still have a, 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 a roster with, with some pieces. But, again, I, I go back to that division. The Texans not going anywhere fast. The Colts are a complete mess, and the Titans might be on their downside of you know their their recent dominance there in the AFC South. So, uh, plus no state tax never hurt. Um, so I'm gonna go the Jacksonville Jaguars that I'm gonna be betrothed to. I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna do it. Pronouncing it correctly and everything. I was just gonna say. All right, Dangles. Jaguars. Dangles, I don't have too much to say. I think he nailed all of the points there. Miami is a dumpster fire of an organization, but we're going to three dumpster fires over to you. You have three Ugh. chances here in the NFC. It's a lot different than the AFC. I'm very interested to see where you go. No, you cannot kill every single one of these. Uh, your three vacancies. Homicide. Your three vacancies are Joe Judge, <laughs> no longer a New York Giant. It took a little bit. We had to wait a little bit, wow. you know, for that. <laughs> we had to wait for the wine to get the exact right uh, taste there, but no, Joe Judge is gone. New York Giants and Daniel Jones is step one. Step two, the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy is gone, a walking, <laughs> a dead man walking since October. He's no longer there and no GM as well. Everything is open in Chicago. And then finally, Mike Zimmer couldn't cut it anymore. Eric Kendricks, the linebacker, star linebacker, said it best. We cannot live in a, we cannot produce in a team controlled by fear. Mike Zimmer, see you later. The Vikings are your third option. Mary Fuck you kill those so approaching vacancies. Oh my god. I don't what I, I and you're sure I can't kill all three of these teams. No. Triple homicide dinks. Frick. Okay. Or you just go back and be the OC well, of the Patriots again. <clears throat> let me um let me start by killing the New York Giants. I don't think anything's getting better in that organization anytime soon. Saquon Barkley continues to be unable to play entire seasons. Uh, they trade away for Kenny Galladay, who's then hurt all year long, paying this guy a ton of money. I just I don't see a lot of promise on that team. Their defense was better than expected this year, um, but I just I don't think that's a franchise that I want to pick up right now. Like that is a project, the New York Giants. This yeah. isn't just come in and take a while. And yeah, and it's not this isn't just come in and pick up where the other guy left off, maybe make a few tweaks with the, with the playbook or anything like that. This this is this is a project. This you need is everything. a full and total flip of this house. So I I just don't I don't love being in that position at all at all. So I'm going to kill the the New York Giants. Um <sighs> I will say I about the New York Giants before you keep going, yeah. it's not all Joe Judge's fault. He was awful. No, not but Dave, Dave Gettleman fault. also played a part in that in making poor Huge draft part. choices and and making poor head coaching choices even before Joe Judge. I mean, this this losing trouble extends before Joe Judge with, with yes. you know with Jason Garrett as well. There are um, so, so many and bad, Pat Shermer and there Ben are so McAdoo. Many, bad contracts on that New York Giants squad that the new coach is going to have to fight yeah. through, including Kenny Galladay and the rest. Sorry, marry a fuck Chicago or Minnesota. So I can't believe I'm about to 
to say this and what this is going to imply. But I think I think I'm going to be having my fling with with the Minnesota Vikings because they're old and they have a lot of they, they have. They are. Think about it. They're an they're, older they're team. Milf. They're an they're milf. <laughs> they're an older team. Well, OK, that's not quite how I was thinking about it. But but that's th- how I feel. I of course, that's where my mind I went. can't marry them because I, I can't marry them because they've got too many old players on that team. And it's going to require a lot of years of draft. They've got Justin Jefferson, which is great. But Adam Thielen's up there. Kirk Cousins is up there. Dalvin Cook is still fairly young. OK, but like their best defensive players, Harrison Smith, Everson Griffin. These guys are all dudes. Eric Kendricks, old dudes. Anthony Barr is getting up there. like, And he barely you can make a season long. And I feel like at all these positions, you know, with a couple of exceptions, you got an older team, which is going to require years of, of drafting new guys or, or making smart trades. So I think for that reason, I, I marry the Vikings or I uh, 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 sleep with the Vikings. And, and that leaves me with the Chicago Bears as my Mary here, which is kind of hard to believe that I'm saying that because um, I feel like my chalk self would have gone with the Vikings. But I don't know. The Bears have I, I, I don't think the book is closed on Justin Fields yet. I would like to see what he can do with an offense that is better tailored to his skill set. He's got a connection with Darnell Mooney, the young receiver they have, which is good. I don't know what the future there of Allen Robinson is or anything like that. But they've, they've got Robert Quinn on the defense. They've got uh, uh, Khalil Mack on that defense. They've got an okay secondary. Um, I don't hate the position that the Bears are in right now. And, and again, this is another situation, not unlike the Giants, where you have a GM vacancy too. Um, but I just, I don't know, for some reason, I, I, I think I like the Bears better in this situation. I can't believe I'm saying that because I want to kill all these teams. But uh, I'm killing killing the New York Giants, I'm sleeping with the Vikings, and I'm marrying the Chicago Bears. Dangles, the only thing I'll disagree with is uh, if I'm a coach, I understand I'm not there. I might not be there for the long term of the rebuild. If I'm Even if I'm signed to the New York Giants who need a rebuild, I might get fired before I even see that come to fruition. The thing about Minnesota is if you get a guy there who can sort of bring the world together, I understand Matthew Collar said that team was ready to fall apart at the beginning of this year, and it looks like they did. They still have a lot of pieces under contract to make a run in their uh, uh, division and in their conference. I think they could be in the playoffs next year with the right guy behind the helm. So for a short-term hire, maybe that's what I go for a marry. I win a few there, and maybe I stay a while, or maybe I move on to greener pastures. Chicago, listen, if it wasn't for New York, Chicago's the easiest kill in the world. I think Justin Fields is the real deal and has a future there. But the organization above them, the George H. McCaskey, who is running that entire organization, it's a it's a butt fuck of tomfoolery. It does not make any sense. He came out, and after they fired the GM and the head coach, he came out and did an interview, did a press conference, and answered all the questions that you have to answer when stuff like this happens. And he said things that boggled my mind to this day. First off, he has the job because his mother owns the the Bears and puts him in the position. And he had to report to his mother because it's the buck f- stops with him and the mother allowed him to keep his job. Must have been a tough conversation over the dinner table there, <laughs> the job interview to make sure I keep my job. My, I think I'm doing a good job. It's not my fault. Wonder who she listen, listened to. The person who was above the GM, right under George H. McCaskey, the man who knows the football team. He's on the business side of the Chicago Bears, but he is going to be part of the GM and head coaching search, as he was for the entirety of this awful run under George H. McCaskey. And even more so, this this guy's coming out 
and saying that Olin Krutz, the, the guy who's going to be a Hall of Fame center for the Bears, is a liar when he's talking about how the Bears offered him a minimum wage job. He's out there talking about that. how the, the reporter for the Chicago Bears, who sadly passed away, he left his son to be an, uh, to be an orphan. His mother and father both passed oh. away, and they had this big GoFundMe for, the, for this kid, and he compared that kid's loss to Matt Nagy's son getting booed at a basketball game. This guy Bad is so boy. out of touch with reality, and that's the man you're going to have to report to. That's the man you're going to have to work under. That's the man you're going to have to follow. It's the same thing with a Dan Snyder walking around the Washington football team. As long as George H. McCaskey is in the building, you're not going to get anywhere. And that story, Chicago's Bears franchise deserves better. And that's coming from the biggest Green Bay Packers fan you know. Chicago's in trouble. I hope Ryan Flores doesn't go there because he could turn him around shortly, but eventually McCaskey's going to fire his ass too. Drew, you got something to say before we close out? Yeah. I do, Dangles. I was I had to look it up when you said you made a great point about uh, past coaches of the Giants. And from 90, 1997 to 2015, Jim Fossil and Tom Coughlin coached the Giants. Uh, they had 16 playoff wins, three Super Bowl appearances. And uh, since then, um, they've had Ben McAdoo, Steve Spagnuolo for four games as an interim, Pat Shermer and Joe Judge, yeah. uh, each for two years, not shockingly, Zero. Not a single one. Not a single one. Good God. Showed out. And I sent you guys. I sent you guys that tweet from uh, Trey Wingo that I saw that the Giants, since the photo was taken on the boat, the famous photo in 2017, they are 22 and 60, including a playoff loss immediately after that photo was taken to your Green Bay Packers, Tony Squares. That is terrible. That is, I'm sure you you do. It's terrible. Well, there is one former Giant who was on that boat that's going to be making a postseason in return and it is Odell Beckham Jr. His game and the rest of the postseason games are coming up next. It's time to put our money where our mouths are. It's time to make some bets. It's time for Super Wild Card Weekend and that is coming up next. Dub C to the G. West Coast Gamblers. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flojo. Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionu. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. Super Wild Card Weekend. Two games Saturday, three on Sunday, and one on Monday night, and one on Nickelodeon in the Slime Zone. We're going to talk about all the games coming up this weekend right now and make a few bets as we go along. By the end of this rundown, each of the hosts here is going to give out two sides, a total, and a player prop that you can take this weekend. And then at the end of the show, we're going to have a money line challenge where each of the hosts here is going to tie a two-team money line parlay together for plus money that you can also take this weekend to hammer home. And also a little gift at the end. I might be directing a little teaser challenge between the pro, the sharp, and the man who came in second place in King of the Coast but killed it on teasers at the end, the novice D'Angelo Antonio. But that's coming up. Now we must kick off the first game in a very interesting game. Dangles, what do we have opening up Super Wild Card Weekend? I'm excited for this one. In Cincinnati, Ohio at Paul Brown Stadium, you got the Las Vegas Raiders, five-and-a-half-point underdogs coming in to take on the high-powered Cincinnati Bengals offense. and Joe Burrow, who threw for like 4,000 yards in the final two games of the uh, uh, NFL season this year. Total in this game is 49 
points, gentlemen, and uh, uh, this is this is going to be interesting because we just saw this this Raiders team. I mean, you got to love the momentum they have coming out of that last win against the the Chargers. They are feeling themselves. They are behind yeah. their coach. Like this is a you know that can be dangerous heading into into a playoff situation. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Are you guys aware? Four teams that are playing Wild Card Weekend went into overtime. In week 18, mm. four teams, mm. the Raiders, 49ers, Rams, and Steelers. And mm. out of the six matchups, five out of the six matchups are rematches, meaning yep. these teams obviously have played before yep. the regular season. But I think a big narrative here is going to be interesting. Are these teams that went to overtime in week 18, some of them down to the buzzer buzzer, the Raiders uh, and, and, and the Steelers specifically, I mean, what do they have left in the tank? So I'm very curious to see. That's just my shape of the sharp drop in. Sorry, Tony. Well, these two teams did meet. Earlier this season. Oh, they season. got their ass kicked. The Raiders in got week, their ass kicked. In week 11. Yeah, it was 32-13 in week 11. The Raiders fell apart in the fourth quarter. They gave up uh, 19 points. It was 13-6 to Bengals heading into the fourth. And with just six minutes to go, just under six minutes actually, it was 16-13 to Cincy before they went and scored 16 in the last six minutes of that football game. Last little caveat I'll throw in here. This weekend, five quarterbacks are making their postseason debut. Since 2013, quarterbacks making their debut are 8-18 eight and 18 win-loss record. Doesn't really affect this matchup because both teams here have a QB making their postseason debut. Derek Carr in his eighth season, Joe Burrow in his mm-hmm. second. Uh, a couple of caveats on how this game is going to be won and or lost. Both of them are really good stopping the run on defense. Both of them are very bad at running the ball on offense. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, sort of advantages in the run game on either side. I think this game is going to be won in the passing game. Where I think it helps out are these cockroach L.A. Raiders. This team will not die. They are excellent, and I do mean excellent, at rushing the passer. In fact, PFF has them the fifth best pass rush in the league. They have Cincinnati, the eighth worst pass blocking team in the league. And the best part is Joe Burrow has been sacked 51 times, a very high number. Over 65% of those sacks have happened when he is not blitzed, a.k.a. it's just a four-man rush. And that's how the Raiders live. They do not blitz at all. They let Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Solomon Thomas, they let just the four guys beat your five offensive linemen, play everyone else in a zone coverage that can be had. The zone coverage can definitely be had. But if we get to the quarterback, we're going to cause you a lot of trouble. I'm giving out the first bet of the day here. I think the Vegas Raiders have a chance to keep this close. I think they're live to win this game. I don't think it's too, too high scoring, but they really impressed me against this Chargers team. And I understand since he can put up 50 on anybody, but I think that pass rush is going to make Burrow's life a little bit difficult. I'm going Las Vegas Raiders plus five and a half as the first opening bet of Super Wildcard Weekend for the show. Do you guys have anything that you want to take on this game? Or are you just uh, excited to watch it? Well, boys, I not only have one, but two bets on this game, one of which will be my first Brinks truck bet. We have two, correct, wow. Tony? We have two Brinks trucks? <laughs> take whatever two. you want at Brinks okay. truck. You're, you're the owner of the Brinks truck. My, Trademark well, Drew. This is going to be my total, and I'm going to play... <laughs> Not surprisingly, under 49 here as, uh, quote-unquote, one of my best, one of my two best bets of the weekend. Um, listen, the Raiders are averaging 19.4 points per game since Henry Ruggs went out. And, you know, like you said, Tony, uh, their pass rush is awesome. And they, they held Joey Burrow, even though the Bengals did win 32-13. 
They held Joey Burrow in check that first game to a tune of 148 yards on 29 attempts. Plus, plus, took a look at the forecast, and it is gross, boys. It is a Midwest January football game uh, forecast for snow, 20 degrees. I do think, I do think, because what you said, Tony Squares, about those two quarterbacks making their playoff debut – might see a little conservative game plan. Might be not making that many chances. I love the under. It's gonna be one of my best bets, and I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay that. Well, of course not a little parlay. I'm gonna transition to my player prop, Derek Carr. A player prop. Yes, Derek Carr. I'm gonna play him under 251 passing yards. Now in his four game win streak, which he's played excellent. You you would think straight for the sharp. I mean he's played awesome. They won four games in a row. Would you believe? that he's thrown for an average of 219.5 yards in that four-game win streak. And the first time they played the Bengals, he only had 215 yards. He's only went over in that four-game win streak. He's over. He's only been over 251 once. And this is courtesy of our friend Hitman. Derek Carr has thrown for only 6.1 yards per attempt and his 8-7 and seven TD INT ratio in seven career games where their temperature is 40 or below 40 degrees. Give me Derek Carr. Under 251 and a half pass yards. Tony Squares, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, tail you here, buddy. I got the Raiders at plus five and a half as well. Wow, I, I really um, thought I'd be yeah. like made fun of for no, this. No, no. How about the fifth? I mean, you no. already mentioned it. How about the fifth ranked pass rush per PFF against the 25th ranked pass block unit in Cincinnati? Cincinnati is also terrible at covering tight ends. They're 24th in DVOA this year against uh, tight ends. And Darren Waller knows he's going to have to eat in this game uh, if they want to win. And, and as you said, they closed that game. You know, Drew, I do believe, I do believe those numbers about Derek Carr because uh, in that four-game win streak, they only won those games by a total of 12 points. It was this defense that was yeah. keeping them in in most of these games. That last up one obviously got a little out of hand. They let up 32 points. But still, it's this defense that's gotten them to this point. And, and they're going to, who's going to have to show up? Joe Burrow? legs a little bit shaky and that Bengals offensive line is bad you brought up the sack the sack points Tony so I'm with you here I got five and a half on the Raiders I think they're a feisty team coming off the win uh in week 18. Well, I'd be know, remiss I- to say that your best friend both of you guys Mr. Steve Fezzik also had a good tidbit here when strength of schedule it weighs outweighs the other one the Raiders one of the hardest schedules playing the Bengals one of the easiest schedules in wild card weekend specifically the team that with the harder strength of schedule covers 66% of the time. So the Raiders looks like the right side. You can thank your well, friends. Speaking of meaningless trends, let me go into how we've done on all these teams all season long. I, wa- I wasn't <laughs> going to do this, but since we all made a bet on the teams, I kind of have to. Myself, I'm 7-2 and two on the Raiders, only 4-6 and six on the Bengals. Drew, 1-4 and four Raiders, 4-4 four and four Bengals. Dangles, 2-2 two and two Raiders, 5-3 and three Bengals. I say that now because Ooh. I know we're going to bet other teams here. We don't really have good records for that. I got 7-2 and two on the Raiders, but that might not be the game we should have gone at. After we all touched it anyway, but that's it for the opening game. Very exciting game. The game of the night, though, is happening right afterwards. Dangles, what do we have coming up next? Tony Squares, I'm so ready. I'm so excited. It's the rubber match. It's round three, and only one can emerge. (laughs) There can be only one Highlander. It is my New England Patriots, plus four underdogs coming into Highmark Stadium in Buffalo. Total in this game, 44 points. And boy, is the number four rampant throughout this game because wouldn't you know it, the expected temperature at the start of the game, four degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> this one's gonna, this one is, is gonna be fun. This one is gonna be 
fun. And I, I guess I can uh, kick us off here because I've got my player prop in this okay. particular game. I've got my player prop here. I've got Damian Harris plus 120 for an anytime touchdown. What the fuck are we doing here? It's plus money for Damian Harris, the guy who scores all of their touchdowns, to score a touchdown. He's going to get into the end zone. I'm not worried about Ramondre and Bolden necessarily vulturing goal line carries. They love to run Damian on early downs from the goal line when they get into the red zone. I think he's. I think it's going to have to be another game where the Patriots run the ball a lot. I, I just don't see... I don't see our pass game. I don't know that our pass game is playoff ready unless Bill and Josh have just been holding back Mac back all season. They're going to have to pound the ball again. Maybe not the same game script as as the first game these two teams played each other, but they're going to have to pound the ball again. I think they're going to be running it a lot. I think Damian Harris is going to have to get into the end zone if we're going to win this game. I think we are live to win this game, and I think he'll score plus 120 anytime touchdown for my boy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dangles, I was torn between two player props, literally had him right in front of me, was going to make the decision live on the show. One of them was Damian Harris, anytime touchdown. I'm not going to take it, though. I'll, I'll let you carry that banner since they are your Thanks, team. Buddy. I am going to take a bet on this game, however, because even though it's four degrees and even though the last time they played in cold weather, New England kicked the shit out of Buffalo and manned up, Buffalo did get that win back, and I think they're going to have some confidence heading into this game. That crowd's going to be insane in that snowy weather, in that, in that cold. Ah, oh, it's tough to do it. It's tough to do it, especially because you heard the story about how Josh Allen's feet freeze when it's cold outside and he can't feel them because of poor circulation. Not the best thing you want to hear because you're going to need Josh Allen in this game. That's going to be the new scandal out of coming out of this game is that there's Josh's feet are going to freeze yeah. and everyone's going to accuse the Patriots of stealing all the hand warmers from the Bills sidelines. But uh, Dangles, I'm sorry. Calling it now. I, think, uh, I don't think Mac Jones is ready for this moment. Listen. I wrote about these QBs that. who uh, I wrote about these QBs who are making their debuts in the postseason, and I wrote about how bad they play when they start. If even the great ones, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Troy Aikman, all lost their postseason debut. Max going to lose this one too. Buffalo minus four. Josh Allen circled the wagons. We're moving on up. Shave of the sharp. You taking anything on this game? Complete pass for me, boys. Um, I, I definitely lean your way, Tony. There with the Bills. I but listen. I mean. You're betting against Belichick uh, over three. I don't. I don't like anything about it. Um, and you know, I I do think it, this almost seems almost too easy, right? The Bills on paper seem to be yeah. playing better, seem to be getting the rhythm. Um, Max definitely been kind of uh, uh, they, they they kind of put the muffler on him. I think uh, towards the end of the season, even though he played he played good in the second half against the Dolphins, but. Um, Complete pass for me. Can't wait to watch. Um, but let's move on. Can't wait to watch. I am eight and three on the Patriots, six and one on the Bills. That's why I kind of lean to having to make a bet in this game. I think I got a handle on these two teams. Dangles. Let's move on to Sunday. What's the first game opening us up Sunday? All right. We have the Philadelphia Eagles heading to sunny Florida, Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. The line in this game, eight and a half points in favor of the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champions. And the total in this game is 46 points. Brady's back. He's here to do it. Here's here to do it again. The quest for eight is on us. We had the quest for seven for the Bengals, and now we have the quest for eight for Brady here in the playoffs. Uh, Dangles, uh, you think there's anything in Tom Brady's past that might say he he really wants to kick these Eagles' ass? You know, anything that happened to him in, in his past career? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's hard. It's hard to remember. Maybe a few years ago when they got bounced from the Super Bowl by a backup quarterback who now plays for the Bears. I don't I'm know. You, I'm no just, chance I, he plays I, for the Bears. He now he now drinks uh, coffee at the Bears <laughs> facilities on Monday. 
Um, listen, Tampa Bay for their vaulted uh, rush defense. I understand they're getting some players back like Levante David, but they're only 12th DVOA against the rush. They're not exactly the world beaters they were coming into last year. And obviously that offense is not as high powered as it was with all the injuries that they've had. Philadelphia, however, the third best rushing offense in the league and continues to produce. In fact, since I believe it was since their bye, they averaged 196 rush yards per game. That's an insane amount, and they need to run the ball in order for this offense to succeed. That's the battle. Who's going to do it? Can Philly run the ball, or will Tampa stop them? Also, Philly, 27th when covering tight ends. Look for Gronkowski to have a huge day. I am giving out, though, my uh, my third bet of the day on this game. I don't think there's a lot of points in this game. I don't think the Tampa Bay offense is uh, going to do pretty well. Mike Evans is going up against Darius Slay. I think he kind of gets shut down, and you're going to ask for the Tyler Johnson of the world to beat you. Again, Gronkowski will eat up, but... I know it's Tom Brady. I just don't think he's going to be able to move the ball as much as he used to. And then Philly, on the other hand, I think they're going to try to ball control here and take the air out of the ball and try to pound, pound, pound and have it be a a slow, slow game. The 46 number is a little bit high for my blood. I'm going under 46 in Philly versus Tampa. Do you guys have anything on this one? Tony, that was a good handicap. I, um, I lean the under for sure. I do have a bet on this game. I've been waiting all year to fade the Eagles if they make the playoffs. I've been waiting all freaking year. I am just I am just chomping at the bit. But when I when I looked back at the game they played on October fourteenth, we all remember uh Philly backdoor kick an extra point to potentially um push. No no they gotta go, gotta for, go two. for two. And probably probably the worst probably the worst uh beat of the year if you had the Bucks so that was awful. So um I guess I, I guess we're 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 blowing the load early here, boys. But this is my second best bet of the weekend. I am playing Tampa Bay minus three in the first quarter. Okay, oh. minus three in the first quarter because <laughs> Tony Squares, as you referenced, I think TB12 is going to have a bitter taste in his mouth the last time he saw uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in the playoffs. And let's go back to that game. First drive for the for the Bucks, ten plays, seventy five yards, touchdown. Second drive, nine plays, seventy five yards, touchdown. Only one third down conversion. I mean, they only got to a third down once in each of those drives. Each drive five and a half minutes, right down the field. Now the Eagles did score a cheap touchdown on three defensive penalties in their first drive. A fifty yard pi call, Tony's favorite uh, rule in the NFL. Fifty yard pi make a lot of sense. Um, but I love this bet. Tampa Bay minus three first quarter okay. minus three well, in the first quarter dangles I uh you know I know it's a little bit of a lower total guys but I'm not betting against Tom Brady here in these playoffs I'm not doing it and you were right he's going to be bitter about this and I know everybody's talking about the fact that they're missing pieces offensively but that has never hamstrung Brady before in his career and this is just a different beast this Eagles team is not built to win in the playoffs. They were barely built to win in the regular season. This is a completely and totally different game that they're walking into. It's nice that you ran the ball really well after the bye. Good for for you, Philly. Good for you, Nick Sirianni. That's great. It's not going to help you here. It's not going to help you here. Tampa Bay is going to cover. I have them at eight and a half points in this game. Again, I know it's a big number. I know it's a big spread. Their average winning margin of points uh, this year is 15, and their average scoring margin is plus 9.4. Both of those numbers are higher 
than eight and a half points. I am taking them to cover here, fading Philly hard. I think this is where the buck stops. I think this is where Nick Sirianni gets the hat coached off of his head by Super Bowl champion Bruce Arians. Man, I uh, I was leaning Philly plus eight and a half here. I just think Tampa Bay doesn't have the no. jujus. Doesn't have the juju going into the playoffs here. There's a lot going on. Everyone's going to be afraid to take Tampa Bay at eight and a half because it's such a big number and because the total's low. I. I fully trust this Tampa Bay team to be able to pull out ahead and not look back. Who knows? You could be right. Well, only time will tell. That's the first game on Sunday. And, boys, we said we were going to give out four bets each for these games. We only have one remaining. I only have my player prop. Drew only has one more side. Dangle only has his total. So these next three games are going to rifle through a little bit if we don't have a lot to say on them. Dangles, what's the second game on Sunday? The Nickelodeon Slime Zone Special. Oh, boy. Hey, and they, you know, they gave us a historically great matchup here on the Nickelodeon Slime Challenge. All of the fan that are watching will be just thrilled. The San Francisco 49ers <laughs> are headed to Dallas, to Gerald World, to take on the Cowboys. Uh, They are three-point underdogs, the 49ers, heading into this game after a thrilling victory in SoFi Stadium that I witnessed. It was a great game, and the Niners are riding that momentum into this game against Dallas. Um, This number seems, I know San Francisco's feisty, but this number seems low to me. Total's 50.5 points in this game. It's an interesting one, and it's an interesting matchup. Listen, Dallas sucks against covering tight ends. Who's a better tight end to, uh, to get that than George Kittle? San Fran sucks against covering wide receivers receivers on the boundaries who's a better uh, wide receiver group to get to get uh, get the one up on that San Fran wants to run the ball Dallas is middling against the run Dallas wants to pass the ball San Fran is middling against the pass I have no idea what's going to happen in this game I just know that popcorn is going to be popped and I'm excited to watch this game this prop, though, I think is my favorite prop of the year. I, I really think it's my bet of the year I think this is a damn guarantee Jimmy Garoppolo, you got to love him. Like, you got to love him. He's really pretty. He dates porn stars. He goes crazy on uh, in some games. He sucks in other games. This Dallas team turns people over all the time. And I do think Jimmy's going to have to throw to win this game. Jimmy G over interceptions is .5, and it was only minus 130. <laughs> That's my player wow. prop of the day. I think he's Not just got to throw one. Doesn't even need to be Trayvon Diggs. This whole entire Cowboys team are ball hawks. Jimmy G, give me one interception at any point during the game, and I hit my player prop for super wild card weekend. That's my final bet of the day. What do you boys have on this? I got a complete pass uh, on this game as well, guys. But I will say, for whatever reason, uh, I think I'm most excited to watch this game of any game. Um, if we're, 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 we're the same age. I'm a little older than you guys, but does this not bring back – Middle school, John Madden, Pat Summerall, uh, the jerseys, the great colors, um, great fan bases. I cannot wait to watch this yeah. game. Um, so I'm very, very excited. And I do think uh, I might have something to say about it a little later. But um, <laughs> pass for me. I mean, Tony, you made compelling points. I mean, how do you how do you try to handicap this side? And obviously it goes without saying at this point, guys, these sides uh, and totals are very – it's a very, very, very efficient market. <laughs> these are yeah. – no, the, 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 there's no bad lines at this point. So, complete pass for me. Can't wait to watch. I will say I'm 11-3 and three when betting on Cowboys games. My best record on A-team all season. Well, my second worst record, though, I'm 1-6 and six when betting on Niners games. No idea how this is going to turn out. I'm going to jump on my last – I'm going to jump on my last bet here. I don't feel so great about it after hearing that handicap from you there, Drew. But uh, I took the over in this game, 49ers-Cowboys, over 50-and-a-half. I just – I don't know. I see this as being an offensive slugfest between these two teams. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of history 
in the playoffs between these two teams. They do not like each other. I think these they're going to come out and just start throwing haymakers. San Francisco's won eight of its last 11. Granted, only three of those were against like playoff teams. And and I mean, I think this is like this is a matchup where I can see. I mean, they're only three point dogs. I can you know so they're obviously live to win this game. I could definitely see. Um, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan completely out coaching Mojo Mike McCarthy in this game, like and and totally flipping it on his head. But I, I just I think they're going to be points, points, points in this game. San Francisco's been scoring a lot. They have a lot of ways that they can beat you. They do want to run the ball, but they can still pass the ball and get big chunk yardage plays. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of touchdowns in this game. So I'm going over 50 and a half 49ers Cowboys. All right, Drew, that leaves you, man. You're the only gambler on the show that has one more slot remaining. It is your side. There's two games left. What's Sunday night, Dangles? Sunday night. We've got two left, indeed. Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, God. Congratulations. You are here. You somehow made it in, and you're 12.5-point underdogs heading into Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Total in this game is 46 points. And this is, I mean, what do you you guys think Ben Roethlisberger was trying to do when he said, we don't have a chance, so let's just go out there and have fun? Like, was was that a motivational? Like, I can see how in his head maybe he's going, oh, maybe that'll fire up the team. But just angles. like from yes. an I think optic, being from an op, no, I so that's the thing. Like, no, I, I you mean, guys are idiots. That's the thing. That's what I'm asking the question. Like, do you think it was just a fire up the team tactic, or do you really think Ben Roethlisberger just went out there and said, "Yeah, we don't have a chance, so let's just fucking wing it"? Like, who wants to hear their quarterback say that? Dangles, dangles. As a man who grew up watching the New England Patriots, what is the number one clause other than do your job? What is the number one playoff clause that that team always rallied around and rallied behind? Nobody believes in us. Only the men in this locker room believe that we can go out and win on Sunday. Yeah, the Steelers aren't the Patriots. You can count Tony Squares in it. I don't believe in the Steelers either. But that's what Big Ben was doing. Ah, we don't have a chance. Nobody, Everybody's counting us out, except for the guys that are going to be in jerseys that day in for Pittsburgh. That was, I, I, I almost know. bet Pittsburgh plus two and a half because of what he said there. That's the exact right this mindset. Is what I, this, is what, this is why I'm asking, and you guys are we clearly divided on it. Nobody believes in us? Don't worry. I've been here before. I, I got this. I think it's kind of a bad look. Oh, Dangles, you're an idiot. Shape of the Sharp, what do you think? I'm going to uh, do my impression of Tony Squares for one second, guys, so bear That's with me. I don't care that Mike Tomlin has an unbelievable record as an underdog. I don't care that Ben Roethlisberger is just has these fictitious fucking stupid quotes to fire up his team. I don't care that the Chiefs could sleepwalk and beat this team and maybe not cover. I don't care. Really complex handicap from Shave the Sharp. Kansas City, minus 12 and a half. They can name this score if they want to. In the three years we've been doing this together in the playoffs, guys, since I've joined the show, this is by far the most pathetic playoff team ever to make the playoffs. And let's just think about what they, they had Big Ben Swan Song Parade on Monday Night Football. They were done. I don't think they even wanted to win on Sunday. Do you look at the side and they're looking around like, oh my God, Jacksonville won. That kind of sucks. I literally think they were mad Jacksonville won. So they had to win and like, ah, okay, cool. Like I I I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a reaction video of them rooting for Daniel Carlson to miss the field goal. So they were out of the playoffs. So they just get dump trucked by Kansas City. 36 to 3 last time these played. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw a three-yard out screen to Deontay Johnson in garbage time to make it 36-10. Lala fucking da, Big Ben. You're done. Kansas City minus 12 and a half. They'll destroy him. Nobody believes it. Us. Steelers, ah. 
I'm excited. You for do that game. clearly, though. You have stand them all year long, and you, to are, make you are apparently and still correct? standing them. Who was correct? Good job, Tony. You, You're you so were, you, you, yeah, you, that needed so much to happen. <laughs> oh the number God. of things. I'm not giving you any credit for making that call because the Steelers did not determine their own fate. They didn't win themselves into the playoffs. Someone else lost them into the playoffs. I do believe they're playing this weekend, and it is super they are. wild card they weekend. They are. Therefore, but they are still the worst team in the playoffs. Team. Some people could call me Nostravalo. That's all I got to say. Let's no move on to the final ever game. Call you that. Monday night football. They got a, They finally got a playoff game on Monday night. Dangles. Nobody. None of the uh, gamblers on the show today have a bet. But what is the game? We have the Arizona Cardinals, three and a half point underdogs, coming into SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Total in this game is forty nine points. And the Rams come off a tough loss in overtime against the uh, the 49ers, as we mentioned, needing to and limping essentially into the playoffs after a rough stretch to end that season. I think the Rams win this game. I do think the Rams cover this game, but I stayed away from betting this game because I am one and seven on Rams game this season. Guys, I have a, I have a confession to make. I picked Stafford in our in, in our in the in the contest or what, what's it called the what the West Coast uh, Gamblers Invitational. I root for him all year. I've like seen him do I well. I believe you did it. I want him to lose so bad. The Lions get a top twenty-four pick if they lose. I hate Kyler and Cliff. I don't think he's gonna lose, but like I, I feel weird. I was talking to our friend, friend of the show, Brett Green, about. I was like, man, we kind of got to root for Stafford to lose, right? And we're like, we have to. I will say this: I don't think there's any bigger pressure on a quarterback in wild card, uh, the wild card weekend, then Matt Stafford. If he has all these weapons around yeah. him after 12 years in the league yeah. and can't and still get can't a win. home win, where, where, where he's a four-point favorite, not a good look for Matty Stafford. I wish him the best of luck. I just hope maybe um, he doesn't come out on top. But a lot of pressure on Staff. Another great game. Really good job of the NFL getting a Monday night game. I uh, like Sounds like a broken record. I pass. But can't wait to watch it. Dangles, why'd you stay away from this one? Uh, I just, I, I mean, I can really see it going both ways. Uh, I, I think this is kind of, you know, it's as close to a coin flip as anything we're going to find, you know, maybe besides Bill's Patriots, in my opinion, um, as, as you're going to find out there. That's it for Super Wild Card Weekend, but that's not it for the show. We have a money line challenge that we're going to do this week and all the week leading up to the Super Bowl. The boys here are going to take two teams, put them in a money line parlay, a.k.a. both teams we tell you right now need to win their games on Sunday. The key is we have to end up with plus money, positive odds at the end of the money line parlay. We'll be keeping track of these as we go in mind. I'm going to go first. Mine's easy. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills in the first leg. I truly believe they beat New England. I think New England is limping into the playoffs. And hey, if Bill Belichick beats me it won't be the first time but I think I'm taking Buffalo in part one the other one I'm taking those Los Angeles Rams because I might be one in seven betting on them but I've never taken a Rams money line I don't believe in Arizona at all I've been off of the Cardinals since week one and have won money on that somehow some way Rams and Buffalo put them together it's plus 128 that's my money line parlay Dangles where are you going well uh I'm not I mean look this might be our last game uh, I hope it's not, and I'm not betting against us in our last game. I've got the Patriots money line here, and I'm parlaying that with the Bucks money line for a total of plus 241. Brady's old team, Brady's new team. I think they both win. I, I, I know everyone's fading the Patriots here. I like the synergy. I, I know. Well, yeah, and I know yeah. I know the I know everyone's fading the Patriots here, but, you know, like you said, Tony, 
Patriots love to be in the no one believes in us situation, and here they are. Here they are again with a rookie quarterback that no one thinks is going to be able to do anything against this Buffalo defense, and that everyone thinks Josh Allen and his cold feet are just going to freeze them out of the bed. Not this time. I think we win this one. So I've got the Pats and the Bucks plus two forty one. Shea for the sharp money line parlay. All right. Well, I'm really liking this challenge, guys, and uh, I wanted to get something. I knew I knew one of you guys. I was expecting actually dangles, but the squares comes out with a little plus dollar twenty money line parlay. Those look so easy. That's why they never hit. They look so easy. I'm going first like Cincinnati Bengals. I I, I do think it's a tough <laughs> matchup, but I do think they've come way too far. I think the Raiders are completely out of gas. I've only bet against them about four straight weeks uh, to no avail. They have to run out of gas at some point. Give me the Bengals, and then drum roll please for my second leg. I am taking just like Dangle said. I'm taking Shanny over Mojo Mike. Mojo Mike is going <laughs> to find a way to lose that game. Yeah. Let's go San Francisco 49ers. I got the 49ers, Bengals, Moneyline Parlay, plus two, five, three. So before we get to the teaser challenge, the complete slate of bets for the hosts on the show, myself, I have the Raiders plus five and a half, Buffalo minus four. My total is the Philly Tampa under 46. My prop is Jimmy G to throw an interception minus 130. And then finally, I have the Rams and Buffalo on a money line parlay plus 128. Shea for the shark has Tampa Bay minus three in the first quarter, the Kansas City Chiefs minus 12 and a half to stomp out the Steelers, the Vegas Raiders and Bengals under 49 points, and Derek Carr to go under 251 passing yards in that game. His money line parlay is those Bengals and the San Fran 49ers at plus 253. Finally, Dangles. The Raiders plus five and a half, Tampa Bay minus eight and a half, the San Fran Dallas over 50 and a half, and Damian Harris to score a touchdown at any time plus 120. And he's ending with his Patriots and his Bucks in a Tom Brady Super Tuesday money line parlay at plus 241. Now, the teaser challenge. I'm stepping out. Mm. I fucking hate teasers. I'm done. I'm mad at Tony lost a bunch of teasers, anymore. so he doesn't want to play anymore. Dangles, true Cavallo fashion, taking his ball and going home. Dangles won a bunch of teasers. Uh, he especially near the end, I believe he hit eight of his last ten or eight of his last nine. I didn't even bother doing the math. That's how jealous I was. I'm Dangles so was on fire with teasers. And Shea for the Sharp, of course, won our King of the Coast challenge. So for this week and the weeks continuing till the Super Bowl, we are doing a teaser challenge. Both of these boys need to give me a two-leg, two-team, six-point teaser. The key is we're going to play it like gravestones. We're going to give it one leg at a time, and if the other host gives out a leg, the, the host following cannot give the same leg this week. So, shape of the Sharp, you won King of the Coast. Your first leg is up first, then Dangles is first, then your second, then Dangles is second. What's the first leg of your six-point teaser? I got to cherry pick it, guys. There's only really one obvious yeah. teaser leg. Yeah, here. I knew this Obviously would go Tampa first. Bay. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's it, the smartest it's, thing. It, you know, it's it's it it's it's it's, it's got to do yeah. it. Um, I do lean eight and a half, like Dangle said. So give me Tampa Bay, uh, down to two and a half. Dangles is the first leg of your six point teaser. Yeah, I I figured that would happen that that uh, that that Drew would take because it and that's exactly what I would have done. It's the smartest leg to take. It's the best number there. You cross your key numbers at three and seven. Uh, instead, I am I am not quite as confident that the Kansas City Chiefs will cover. So I'm going to tease them down to six and a half points here. And, Ooh. and, and key, I think they, I think they win by a touchdown, but I don't think, I think 12 and a half is an awfully big number. You, sh- you sure you don't want to put Pittsburgh plus 18 and a half? Uh, no. 
I don't think so. I'd rather bet on the good team to win, and the Kansas City Chiefs are more than capable of winning by a touchdown against this. You love this word, Tony. Moribund Pittsburgh Steelers team. I actually just I actually just used to say in my gaming society article describing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Drew. Tampa Bay minus two and a half is your first leg, your second leg. Dangles, I got to admit, that was obviously number one on my big board. If I'm taking them 12 and a half, I like them at six and a half. Well done. But hey, if I'm taking San Francisco to win, let's tease them up to plus nine. You might as well do it. So for the first inaugural teaser challenge wild card weekend, I got Tampa Bay minus two and a half and San Francisco plus nine. Dangles to finish us out. To finish us out. Well, I, I had the exact same line of thinking that you did, Drew. If I bet uh, the Patriots to uh, win, I might as well bet them up to plus 10 points against the Buffalo Bills. I think they cover that regardless. This game is going to be close. Even if the Bills do win, I think this is going to be a really, really close game. I think they are within 10, no problem. So my inaugural teaser challenge, two uh, uh, six-point teaser, two-leg, is the Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half points and the New England Patriots plus 10 points. Since nobody's counting, I'm going to take the Vegas Raiders plus 11 and a half and the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 18 and a half. And that is it for the West Coast. Gambling. See, he wants to I'm play editing that. Dangles. I'm editing it. Oh, I'm cutting that out. Don't play? You, I'm cutting that out. That Don't you worry. He threw sorry, a temper guys. tantrum about it in our thread, and now he wants to give out a teaser where he bets ball back. The, fattest under, or the fattest underdogs to be even fatter underdogs. That is it for Super Wild Card Weekend and the West Coast Gamblers. For Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, for Schaefer the Sharp. Drew Schaefer Crooks, and my name is Tony Squares, Tony Cavallo. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. Hope you win some money this weekend, and we'll be back next week to break it all down once more. Thank you for listening. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age... You're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 